At the posting of this podcast episode, it is on the brink of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. It is a time where we celebrate the previous year while also taking on account all the blessings from the previous year and the areas of improvement we can make. We celebrated Passover and quarantined exile out of the familiar ways we lived life and now we are to celebrate the new year in a similar light. A new year brings not only returning to the beginning of the Torah, but a period where, as we say every year at the brink of uh, Rosh Hashanah, it is inscribed and on Yom Kippur it is sealed. As we pray to be sealed in the book of life, life for, for the coming year full of blessings, health, prosperity, and sustenance, I believe that all that we desire materially and spiritually is right there available to us. We just have to rise to perceive the goodness, to generate the abundance, and to transform to a state of being to be able to receive it. Transformation can be intense and often feel unpleasant, but it doesn't have to be. And that's why I think my special guest today is here at an appropriate time, not only for Jews listening in preparation for the new year, but anyone celebrating life. After all, Rosh Hashanah marks the sixth day of creation. Personal transformation can be playful and light rather than heavy and something where you overcome every obstacle. That's where I feel today's topic is on key. I first heard of my special guest today at Mind Valley Live 2020 when he was introduced on stage as one of the top Jewish rappers. And although I didn't know at the time if that was true, I connected with him later during the event to learn that he's actually not only a former rapper who opened for the Wu-Tang Clan, yes really, it says on his um, website, but he's also a transformational coach who blends his love for personal growth and comedy. His name is Jason Goldberg and he is an award-winning entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, and author of the number one international best-selling book on self-leadership called Prison Break. He has a gift of helping bring levity to situations and is known for helping his clients look at their own situation in a humorous way, making fun of their own fears, which helps them in turn be more creative and supportive of those they help. If you're at a point where you're feeling stuck or in a box, or if you're just wanting to be a better person, I hope this episode brings you great insights so you can look more through the lens of playfulness and possibility. You can check out more about Jason on his website, thejasongoldberg.com and on all social platforms at thejasongoldberg. Stick around to the end for some practical tips and please let me know and to let me know and Jason know what you think about the show. You can check out more podcasts as well as blogs and more at solomonezra.wixsite.com slash solomonezra or follow me on Instagram at king underscore solomon8 and Facebook Solomon Ezra Berezin. Now on to the show with transformational coach Jason Goldberg. What up, Jason? Yo, what is up, my man? How you doing? Good. Long time no see. I, well, yeah. I mean, last time I, we saw each other, the world wasn't on lockdown. So yeah, it has been <laughs> it quite was, a while. It was just starting. It was just starting. Yeah, man. It was crazy that we had, what, a thousand people in a room together right before everything shut down. It's Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if anybody in that room was sick and I wonder whatever happened with that. I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, I, I, hopefully not. Well, thanks again for, you know, setting the time to, to come speak with me. Thanks, brother. I, I, I felt such a strong connection uh, with you at Mind Valley. Um, you know, first time I, I'd met you and, and heard, heard about you 
you know, especially when you got to speak on stage. Yeah. And I think um, having the Jewish connection, honestly, helped me a lot. Being Jewish, we have a strong kind of deeper connection to, to each other. Um, but dive, diving more into your wonderful uh, story that you shared with me a little bit and then, you know, can look it, look it up and, and uh, learn more about it online. Uh, I'd love to hear it from you a little bit more, you know, how, how you became a transformational coach, you know, and combining all the different things that you're well known for. And um, just to kind of fi uh, finish up a little bit, I love the different videos that you have on like um, Instagram and the things that resonate and that I probably get activated as you had. And one of the things from you is that that level of playfulness. And I really want to dive into that because uh, I really feel like this month per se, at least at the beginning of it, I, I was, I had a, it was a challenge of me to just be more playful with, with everything kind of going on. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, doing something new or putting out different things. Um, I just, it, it helps so much just putting, looking through those lens, but uh, please, love I'd love to hear more. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm, I'm happy to dig into, dig into and dive into anything you want. All the stuff you talked about there is great and totally resonates. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, if you talk to anybody who, who is in this space, uh, most people I think stumbled into it accidentally. I don't think there's anybody who like, I mean, maybe nowadays, maybe it's different, but I think for me, I'm, I, I just turned 40 this year. So Congrats. There was, thank you very much. So there was no like, uh, there was no being a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old saying, one day I wanna be a transformational coach yeah. and speaker. It's just not, that's not the career path. Uh, so for me, I was a geek very early on. I just loved technology. Uh, I, I was raised by a single mother, um, an only child, and I didn't have a, a father at all. He, he left my mom when she was pregnant. And so thank, thank God I had my, my mom had two brothers, uh, has one, one has just recently passed, but the, the one who's still here, he's her twin brother. And he would spend a lot of time with me. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And he was into technology very early on in, in my life. And so he exposed me to technology very early on. And so when I was like 13 years old, I was doing, you know, like these computer installations with him, like for fun on the weekends for a company he was doing consulting work for. And so I got into tech very early. So for me, my path was tech. Like mm -hmm. that's what I was doing from a very early age. I'm a tech guy. Um, but I also was doing entrepreneurship. So when I got my first computer, it was maybe, I thought I was going to get it for my bar mitzvah. I did not get it for it. I was so disappointed, bro. I didn't get it. But shortly thereafter, I got it. I think maybe I just turned 14 and I got my first computer. And I immediately was trying to figure out ways to make money using my computer. And so I got into like designing flyers and brochures and stuff like that for people. So I had the entrepreneurial streak and I had the, the, the tech stuff kind of together from a very young age. So I went really heavy into tech stuff. I got my first real like tech job when I was 17 uh, and then was in tech for the better part of 15 years going from being a you know, computer technician when I was younger uh, up to being the director of engineering and operations for a tech consulting firm you know, towards the end of my, my corporate career. So I was doing all that and it really was in 2009 really when I first got exposed to personal growth, which for me, that was, I was 29 years old. Like I didn't, I didn't touch a personal growth book until I was almost 30 years old and I was still in my corporate job. And I talk about this in the first chapter of my book, Prison Break, uh, where I had this, this day 
uh, in, in my corporate job, where my last corporate job, where I was the director, and I was 330 pounds at the time, uh, had massive amounts of stress and anxiety and depression really my entire life, or at least since I was a teenager, a lot of it because of being overweight and being picked yeah. on and worrying about not being enough and all these things. And so I had kind of this breaking point moment in 2009, uh, which we, you know, can, we can dive into the story if you want, or, or people can check it out in the book, but where I just had this kind of moment where I was like, something needs to change in my life. And I'm a fairly smart guy for the most part, and I love to reverse engineer things. And so I was kind of looking at people around me and people I didn't even know, people I had just heard about that had way more traumatic experiences than I had had in my life. And yet they didn't seem to be nearly as depressed or anxious as I was. So I started figuring out like, well, what is it these people know that I don't know? And that's what led me into personal growth and to start reading personal growth books and, and to try to see if there was something I could do to kind of change my experience of life. And so that, that coupled with getting my own coach and being coached and all these things is that as I was going through and I had my, the corporate job and then I left my corporate job and I had a couple of other startups that were technology related is throughout that whole thing, I just was really loving the feeling of transformation from the reading and from the coaching and all the things. And so it just became this thing. It's like, dude, how do I, how do I do more of this? And how do I help more people do it? And is there a possibility to actually get paid to do that as well? Or is it just going to be like a hobby that I do on the side? And so I say all that to say, I totally tripped and stumbled and slid into being a coach and a speaker because I just loved personal growth. I love what it did for me. And I wanted to try to share that with other people as much as possible. Yeah. And so how did you, begin to apply all the different things because I, I feel like the biggest thing that makes it so um you know exciting is that you you apply the different information that you're learning it helps put it into you know just changing the whole your whole state of being like it's different than just any kind of um information that you learn because it's actually changing something yeah yeah, you're right. It, it is. It's a whole different animal. And it was funny, dude, for me, it was like, um, I was, I was excited to dive into personal growth stuff when I was having kind of my low point. I don't know if excited was the word, but I was maybe desperate. I don't know. There was, there was some feeling of like, I really want to change things and I don't really know how to, but I'm going to play with it and see what happens. And, and to be honest, man, like I know some people <clears throat> that they pick up a personal growth book or they, they start learning this stuff and they're just like so pumped up and like, Oh my God, this is amazing my experience wasn't that way. My experience was kind of reading this stuff and at first reinforcing what I already had issues with. And what I mean by that is it became a thing where it was like, I almost kind of, I shamed myself because I'm like, seriously, like, why would you do this to yourself for so long? Like I start reading the stuff and it's like, you create your reality and your thoughts are, are real and your thoughts create things. And you know, all these different messages that we've all heard a million times now, because it's become a part of the zeitgeist of, 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 of our lives. But at the time it was, it, it was like an equal part liberation and, and, and shame for me. And so I had to do even my work of like, okay, dude, you don't need to beat yourself up because you didn't know this before. It's not something that they teach you in schools. It's not something you were raised yeah. with. But once I got past that, then it became a thing where it's like, cool, let's test this in little ways and just see if my experience of life changes. And, and it was a massive shift. Like just for me to really get at a core level that I don't have to be a prisoner of circumstance, but that I can really truly be a self leader in my life. That is a transformational uh, theme 
that when actually practiced, it's not enough for it to be an intellectual understanding, when it's actually practiced has massive implications mm -hmm. for how life feels. So how did you get through the, um, the, the there are some times, you know, we're in a constant transformation. There are some times or periods, I should say, that are like really intense because of the process of change. It's like, you know, it's, it's almost like, cause we're, we have such a connection with what's familiar. Mm -hmm. How, how did you kind of, you know, almost, I don't want to say push through, but you know, continue through that. Cause you, you know, like there's, there's also well-known quotes like, uh, you know, you have to sit through the, the fire. That's the initiation. And sometimes it can get really, really uncomfortable. What did you do to, to go through those periods as well as how do you help those, uh, your clients with that? Because on one hand, um, you can like have an influence it seems on how much you're transform, trans, having a transformation and becoming a better person or learning something new and applying it to life. But at the same time, you also can't speed it up, it seems like. Because yeah, you, you can only receive so much as you're ready for at any kind of given moment. Right. Absolutely. I, I, think, I think one of the keys for my own transformation, and it's the same for everybody that I've worked with, and, it's, and it's, why, it's why I coach the way I do. It's why I teach the way I do. It's why I create content the way I do. And I, I'm so blessed to have had a coach and to still have the same coach to this day who, who was such a beautiful model of this for me, is that what I know to be true is that resistance is the number one reason that transformation doesn't occur. It's not information. It's not because you're not committed enough. It's not because you're not disciplined enough. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because <clears throat> something's wrong with you. It's simply the resistance to the change. And so instead of me, you know, even like the, the thought of um, sitting in the fire, if somebody told me in order to transform, I had to sit inside of literal fire, I would be in full resistance to that. that is, no, no, thank you. I will stick with all of my bullshit. Uh, I am not sitting in a fire. And so what my coach did for me, and, it's, and it was counter to what I had seen before with a lot of other personal growth stuff, is that it was much more light. It was much more based in levity. It was much more based in lowering my resistance to what I was feeling, lowering my resistance to the possibilities of what transformation may look like. And when we are lowering the significance or the importance or the resistance to the thing we want to transform through, then it doesn't have to feel like we're in the fire anymore. It may feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's foreign. It's like if you're learning a new language, it, you don't, your mouth doesn't work. And you're like, I've been speaking my whole life. Why does my mouth not work anymore? It's like, well, it's a new language. You're not supposed to be able to speak it fluently yet. But if, it's, but if it literally is... Uh, looked at through the lens of learning a new language. If I wake up in the morning and I'm trying to speak French for the first time and it's difficult, I don't make that mean something about me. I don't say, oh man, I'm not speaking French fluently after three days. I'm an idiot. I don't deserve to be on this earth. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I'll never be able to be successful. Like those stories just don't run through my head. And yet we assign those stories to things when it comes to personal transformation. So if we can remove some of the significance and say, listen, if I never change anything about myself, I'm fine. If I never transform anything about myself, I'm still good. I'm still enough. I'm still whatever. Then I remove all of the heaviness of going through transformation and I could just play with it. And so that's been the big thing for me is just like, let's play with the transformation instead of let's overcome every obstacle and push through and slash through all of our limiting beliefs. And it's all just very like, Ur. 
let's just chill out and let's ease into transformation instead. I, I really, I really like that. It's just, there are, there, there have been times when it's like, at least how, how do you handle or how do you encourage a patient where, or a patient, a client where, <laughs> where at least I feel like I've experienced where there's been just so, so much resistance that I just had to kind of allow it to happen. Yeah. Allow yeah. it to pass yeah. through. And, and sometimes that's the answer, yeah. right? So the, th that's where the levity comes in because when you, if we can, and this is a delicate, this is a delicate balance. I, I never want to ridicule the person that I'm coaching, but I want to help the person that I'm coaching to kind of ridicule and make fun of their own fears. Okay. Right. Because, because when you can see that, when you actually see it, that's where the liberation comes in. Uh, and so for me, it's like, if I can be, if I can talk to somebody and at some point we can actually be laughing about the thing that was a stressful thing for them, then everything changes. Right. So for example, one of the most, I, I love, I love to tell this story, the most powerful coaching I ever received from my coach literally can be summed up in 10 words. And so this was probably, I don't know, four, four years ago or so, I wrote an email to my coach, this long, super long email, like probably, it was probably the equivalent of like three or four pages uh, of a Word document in an email. And it was just all these things I was stressed about. Oh God, I, I, well, what if this doesn't work out? And I want to invest money in this, but like, what if that investment doesn't pay off? And what if I have to, you know, quit this business? And what if I have to go back to get a soul sucking job? And just, I mean, it was, dude, it was just like a vomit of all the stuff I was stressed about, right? So I type this whole thing out and I send it to him and I just like, I'm like, okay, he's going to come back. He's going to tell me what I need to do and what steps I need to take and what reframes. I, he's going to come back with all the, all the wisdom I need. So about an hour later, I get an email back from him with 10 words, 10 words. And the 10 words are so much compassion for what you are putting yourself through. Mm, that, so much compassion for what you're I could just, through. I can feel like the, you probably had so much like, just like, ugh. <laughs> and, and so I was going to say, so as soon as I saw that and because I know him and I know the relationship we have, and I know uh -huh. that levity is a key for what we're doing. I knew that he, he wasn't ridiculing me, but he was pointing back to like, man, I, I just, without trying to solve anything, I just have so much love and compassion for all that you're putting yourself through. And, and when I heard that, when I really took that in and I realized that I was creating this level of pressure on myself and that if I had the same level of compassion for myself that he had for me in that moment, that a lot of this stuff would just not be so problematic. I'd be able to just show up to life and deal with it. Like I've dealt with every other thing in my life. Like the only thing I have proof of from my life is that I, there's never been anything I've gone through that I haven't gotten through because I'm sitting here talking to you right yeah. now. Yeah. There's literally been nothing that stopped me. So all the evidence I have is that I always make it through. So that alone when I can help people see, and this is like a joke now, like inside of my coaching communities and everything else, is sometimes people will say it to each other. They'll say, hey, so much compassion for you're putting yourself through. And it's a tongue in cheek thing. It's you have to have rapport to be able to say that. Yeah. But that is the key, dude. When we recognize that we're doing it to ourselves, it can be a moment of liberation. Yeah, you're, you're right. It reminds me of a, a quote that Joe Dispenza has. It's like, when the thought of the problem creates the emotion of freedom, or like, like you said, liberation, you're you're living more in the future than in the past yeah absolutely a it's, thousand percent I, I like that what your coach re would respond though because uh, I, I have a good long-lasting um, relationship with a coach as well 
and but she'll sometimes just not respond mm. and it like it'll like bug me <laughs> or it used to yep. it used to until i realized huh she's probably doing that on purpose yeah. what should i be learning from this? Yep. that's a beautiful thing about coaching you can turn anything into a lesson like i so the same coach he sent me a book one time one of my one of my favorite uh, authors mentors spiritual gurus whatever you want to call them is byron katie byron katie is like top mm -hmm. under yeah. with her work mm -hmm. so for me it's my coach steve chandler is number one byron katie is, is right underneath him at number two and at one point, again, years ago, uh, Steve had sent me one of her books and I had already read some of her books and he knew I was a big fan and I had been in a, in a few uh, workshops with her personally. And uh, so he sends me a book and I open the book. <laughs> I open the book and inside the front cover in pen, it's written P300, like page 300, right? It's, it's written in pen. I'm like, oh, interesting. He must want me to read page 300. So I go to page 300 and I'm reading it. I'm just like, what am I meant to learn from this? I just, I don't. God, okay, there's something and I'm not seeing it. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, and I'm just sitting there for days reading this page over and over. And I finally email him and I go, Steve, what am I supposed to read on page 300? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, in the front of the book, it's written P300. He's like, oh, I didn't write that. I gave you the book. It was a re-gift. Somebody had given me the book. They must have written page 300 in there. So I'm like, holy crap, I'm sitting here for five days trying to figure out what the significance of page 300 is. But the, again, the beautiful gift there was sometimes we overthink things. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Sometimes things are just the way they are, right? It's, we don't need to overthink. We don't need to overcome. We don't need to reframe everything and put a positive spin on things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's just P300 written there on paper and you can go live your life even with it written on the paper. It's not always a meaning. So because of that, it just shows there's a lesson in freaking everything. Uh, Jason, when, um, when you come across a um let's say a problem that's going on like in your life or, or something that you seem to feel like in a box and you can't get out of mm -hmm. how do you and, and you become you become aware of it like there's this thing in my life and i, I really don't know how to solve it mm -hmm. like just for anyone um what, what's like your kind of process that you also take your clients through to become aware of it and like you just said you know try and stop thinking because we can get so analytical in it that, you know, all the great thinkers, whether it's Einstein, uh, have different quotes, you know, like I'll stop thinking, you know, go in some silence and the answer will like come to me. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of um, process of sorts? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and here's the thing, like you mentioned Einstein, Einstein's the, the perfect person to, to talk about with this question, because one of my favorite quotes from Einstein is you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. Right. So, and that, that's the issue is that people and myself included, something comes up, there's a problem that happens. I get stressed out and I say, how do I solve the problem? You can't, but you, you, you're skipping a step. There, there's a, there's a step zero before solving the problem. And step zero is to increase our level of consciousness so that we have the creativity to see how to solve the problem. And the beautiful thing is, is that sometimes when you increase your level of consciousness, what was a problem is no longer problematic. There's nothing left to solve. And that's kind of the, the, the best case scenario a lot of times is, you know, if you have a little, a little kid who's like playing with a, a Barbie doll and the head comes off the Barbie doll, they think it's the end of the world. They're like, oh my God, my Barbie's dead. Like it's decapitated. I don't know what to do. And then as the parent or the uncle or the aunt or whatever, you just pop the head back on. It's not a problem to you because you're at a higher level of consciousness in that moment than the kid is. Uh -huh. So sometimes it's not even about solving the problem. It's just about transcending the fact that you even think it's a problem. So a lot of times for me, uh, what I want to do is, is I want to, uh, and I have tons of metaphors and analogies that I use to, to get here because 
sometimes some will land with myself or with others and sometimes they won't. And so I want to have a whole toolkit of things to do. Uh, but for me, one of my, my mantras that I, I created, I think one day because I was stressed out about something, uh, is present, but irrelevant, present, but irrelevant and present, but irrelevant points to having the, having a, a feeling be present, anxiety, stress, depression, whatever it is, and having it not be a relevant part of my experience. And so what that looks like as a, me a metaphor that I love to use here is if I'm driving a car, right, I'm literally driving a vehicle down the street and in the passenger seat next to me is another human being and they are the most sad, depressed, anxious, angry, confused, overwhelmed person on the planet. The car still works the same. The steering wheel still works the same. Gas and brake pedals still work the same. No matter how that person feels, the car, the vehicle still works the same. And so I can look at my life in that way and say, yes, there's anxiety and stress and all that stuff is present and it doesn't have to affect how I drive the car. I can still do that. So it's kind of like you sit with it until you get it to its destination. Yeah, or, or not. It, it, can, it can stay as long as it wants to or it can leave immediately it, as long as we're not doing it as an in order to. So if, mm -hmm. we, if we do any of these things, it's not that they won't work, but if we do any of these tools because we, because we want to eliminate the symptom or we want to overcome the symptom, then sometimes it doesn't work as well because then it's, it's motive-based. Well, I'm, I'm still trying to get rid of you, right? So if I say I'm accepting you to get rid of you, then I actually haven't accepted you, right? Yeah. But if I accept you and say, you can stay here as long as you want. Like, it's fine with me. There, there's a guy called Jeff Foster who wrote a book that I really love. Uh, it's kind of a book of, of prose and poetry. Uh, and, uh, it's called, uh, I think it's called falling in love with where you are and something like that. And he has a poem in there where he essentially is talking to his feelings and I'm totally going to butcher this. He says it much more poetically, but he essentially says like sadness shows up and sadness essentially says something to him to the effect of like, Hey, I know you're not a fan of me and I'll, I'll try to leave as, as quickly as I can, but like, I need to be here right now. And his response to sadness is, well, who told you you had to leave? who told you you weren't allowed to be here. If you need to be here, be here. It's fine, I'll be okay. And the same thing with happiness. Who told you you had to stay? It's fine if you're here for a little while and you leave. I know that both of you will come and go. I don't need to force you out and I don't need to keep you in. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can practice that, just kind of understanding like, this is the human experience and it's not about uh, immunity from stress or anxiety or depression, it's navigation of those things when they show up. And the less we make those things a problematic thing that we need to get rid of, the sooner they'll move on on their own. 100%. I really liked how you said that and, and brought up the point of not needing it to, to leave, not having that resistance. A big tool that helped me with it, helped help me with the level of mind for it, not only with me, uh, meditation, that's like pretty given, but the... Um, how would I say, kind of looking at it objectively. So it's not, you know, like um, this too shall pass. So like in addition to knowing things arise and pass away, you know, given like when I was telling you what the, this, this show is about, the, that rhythmical pattern of life, you know, feeling sadness is different than being sad. Mm -hmm. And so also like just having that switch is like, oh, wow, then it's not going to, 
it's not going to be here for for hours. So, so let me actually, you know, experience it, enjoy yeah. it in a way. Yeah. Do you have any good uh, tools that that really help you build that awareness? Because although awareness is like the first step, it almost seems like it launches whatever other following steps there are. Like with getting out of a problem, I like to sometimes draw a box around me and then see another image of me outside the box. I love that. Somebody that's somebody that maybe is first starting out that, that letting go muscle, mm -hmm. at least in, in my case, when I was first doing, it's like, that takes a lot. I don't want to say a lot, but it took effort to recognize and just let it go because then the mind wants to, but I haven't figured this out yet. How can I let it go? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually, a lot of times I try, I advise against trying to let anything go because letting, trying to let something go is again, us trying to make something happen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Like for me, dude, like I, I want to make this very clear. I do not think there's a right and wrong way to transform. I would never tell, like if something works for you, if somebody came to me and said, uh, help me stop <laughs> doing cocaine. And I said to them, do you like doing cocaine? Does that serve you? Do you enjoy what that feels like in life? And they go, yeah, I'd be like, cool. Well, there's nothing for us to do. Like if that feels good, if your life feels good doing what you're doing, keep doing it. There's a great quote. It's every system is perfect for the result that it's getting. Every system is perfect for the result that it's getting. So if you like the result, then don't change anything. If you don't like the result, then change the system. So, so anything I'm saying here is not like right or wrong. I always go for me. Uh, it, if less effective versus more effective or unproductive versus productive, like it's not right or wrong, good or bad. So if, if working on letting something go feels good to you or anybody else, please do that. For me, when I focus too much on letting go, then, then for me, based on kind of my, my personality, it feels like I'm still pushing and I, I, I don't want to push. And so, you know, it's uh, again, kind of going back to, to Byron Katie, she has this amazing story where she's walking through, uh, she's walking in some area, in a desert area or something, and uh, she sees a coiled up snake. And she is terrified because she gets close enough to it where she realizes there's a snake there and then starts having all these things flash in her mind that she's going to get bit by the snake and she's going to die out here in the desert and nobody's going to find her and her body's going to rot and her family won't know what happened to her. All these stories start going through her head. And then when she looks a little bit closer and kind of squints her eyes, she notices that it's actually a coiled up piece of rope. It's, it wasn't a snake to begin with. At that moment, the work is done. She doesn't need to then go to a coach or a therapist and say, I need to do some work around my relationship to ropes. Like, no, it's, it's done. You're, as soon as you recognize that it was never a snake and it's just a rope, the work is done. There's nothing for you to let go because it has let go of you because you, your perspective on the thing has changed. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I come up, that's when I use a lot, this, this tool that I created, it's called, they're called PBQs. PBQ stand for prison break questions. And it's based obviously off the book. I actually created the prison break question concept after the book came out. So it's not even in the book. Uh, so I just get to share it now on, on podcast. And so a prison break question is essentially a, a, a format for a question that takes something that is a problem and makes it no longer problematic kind of like with Byron Katie seeing the snake. And then once she realizes it's a rope, there's not a problem anymore. There's nothing more to be done. And so the format of a prison break question essentially is, and it's meant to just kind of short circuit your brain and have you look at things through a different lens. The format is, if I knew, what would I do, right? If I knew X, what would I do? How would I show up differently? How would I respond differently? Whatever that looks like for you in the situation. So there's as many prison break questions as there are situations. 
So for this one in particular, where I'm feeling something and I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling depressed, I had a day uh, five years, I mean, I have these days all the time, but I had a day five years ago where I remember I was just feeling like massive levels of stress and anxiety and I could not get rid of it. I was doing, trying to do all the reframing and I meditated, I did, and nothing was working. It was sticking with me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on a walk. Cause if I go on a walk and I get outside, then it'll, it'll go away. And I'm, I'm walking and nothing's happening. The anxiety's still there. The stress is still there. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, all right, I got one sounds, last. Sounds awfully too familiar. <laughs> oh God, bro, I'm telling you. And like I said, I, I wish it was just a day five years ago that this happened. It happens on a regular basis because it's the human experience. And especially if you're out there. And that's another thing. Quick pause. If you are experiencing this, it often means it's because you're engaging with life, right? It's because you're out there doing something in the world. So if you're, if you're getting a reflection of things that you feel like are not working and, and, you're, and you're not sure how to deal with them, a lot of times that's a good sign. It means you're engaging with life and, and something's being triggered because there's a next level of self-leadership for you to step into to create whatever it is you're trying to create. So, so that was, I think, what it was for me. I was continuing to grow my business and step into new places and it was scary and it was unfamiliar and it was uncomfortable. And so I had all this stress and anxiety. And so I'm like, all right, I got one, one last thing in my tool belt that I'm going to do. I'm going to try a PBQ and see if it works. So I'm like, all right, what would the PBQ be here? I thought about it for a minute and I said, okay, the feeling that I had was that I had this stress and this anxiety and the fear, whether it's a rational fear or not, the fear was that it's never going to go away. It's like, it's not going away. Like I just keep feeling it. And so if I look at that and I say, okay, here's the problem that I'm feeling here is that I have this stress and anxiety and it's never going to go away. So the PBQ that came out of me was if I knew that this stress and anxiety was going to last for exactly the next 10 minutes, right? At minute 11, it was just gonna vanish on its own. If I knew this stress and anxiety was gonna last for exactly the next 10 minutes, how would I treat myself for those next 10 minutes? How would I treat myself for those next 10 minutes? And I don't know where that question came from, it just came up for me. And when I asked myself the question, the answer that came up was, oh shit, I'd be way more gentle on myself. I'd be way more compassionate. I would stop trying to force it away. If it's leaving in 10 minutes, it's been here for three hours. I can wait 10 more minutes. It's fine. I would stop trying to push it away. I would stop trying to solve it. I would stop trying to overcome it. I would be way more gentle on myself. And I did that in literally in 10, 15 minutes time. It like, it didn't go away, but it decreased by like 50%. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can breathe again. That's, I don't know what happened, but it was because needing to get rid of it now so that it doesn't stick around forever was no longer a problematic thing. If I knew it was going to magically be gone in 10 minutes and I could just be gentle with myself, immediately my nervous system starts calming down. I like that a lot. Yeah. You come up with the kind of uh, time frame, or? I mean, yeah, it just popped in my head. Yeah. yeah. Just, you could, you could say, you could say an hour, you can say whatever you want. I said 10 minutes because it just kind of popped in my head that way. But even if you did an hour, like it, it went was, away pretty instantly, huh? It, it, it goes away pretty instantly because the brain then realizes, oh, this is going to be gone in 10 minutes. Well, then there's no time. There's no use wasting our time trying to get rid of it. That's inefficient. Let's just wait the 10 minutes, go do something else. Wait the 10 minutes. It'll go away on its own. And then a lot of times it does. That's it. it reminds I don't know why why this instance or this experience came up, but when I was living in Dallas, I had a similar day when just everything seemed to be going pretty stressful. And then I was just like, let me just go on a walk. And, you know, then you meet somebody that just, you know, brightens the day and reminds you of some kind of uh, lesson. It's like, oh yeah. It's, it's huge, man. Just, yeah, sometimes being in a good conversation, I mean, you know, one of the things always, 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 if you're in a funk, 
is go be of service to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, that's the quick, the super quick hack. If you're feeling down, if, if we're feeling down, like I, ha I have a list of kind of like mantras and affirmations. And I make fun of that stuff too, because I think it can become uh -huh. uh, mental masturbation. If you're just like living for your mantras. <laughs> mental and like, masturbation. Yeah, yeah, there's like nothing going on. It's just like, I, I am the spirit and divine essence of mother earth personified through my cacao. Um, and that's great. That's, it's awesome for some people. Um, but for me, I do have like my mantras and affirmations. And it's interesting because if you look through the list of them, there's like probably 20 of them. And I don't read them all the time, but I, I used to do them every morning and now I do it kind of once in a while. Uh, but I read through them and they're great. And it's like, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, I'm never overwhelmed or under a time crunch because I control my relationship to time. Um, I am in loving and joyful service every day. Uh, I know exactly what the people in my world need help with. And I show up with, you know, with, with the, uh, the most appropriate content at the most appropriate time. Like just all these mantras. And they're all, they're all me, 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 me. I do this. I do this. I do this. I am this. I am this. I am, it's all about me. So the very last mantra is, and I'm trying my best to disconnect from the significance I put on who I am and my ego so that I can be of service to others. So it's like all the I am this, I am that, I am great. I am all powerful. I am a servant. I am joyful. I am all this stuff. And maybe I don't even exist. Uh, and so the more I don't even exist and I don't cling to the concept of who I am, uh, the more I can be of service and the less I'm, I'm, I'm weighed down by these moments of stress and despair. It's like that um, um, old saying where it's like somebody tells a great teacher, you know, I want to be happy. And he says, we'll take out the I and then the want and what are you left with? <laughs> happy. That's true. That's true. Wow. It's so true, man. Jason, I, I, I gotta say, I really love uh, just having a conversation with you. It's, it's felt more just natural that way rather than, you know, preparing, looking for different kind of certain questions or what can I, what can I ask Jason Goldberg about, but, you know, like in an interview kind of case, but it yeah, seems yeah. to be full because you've, you, with your clients and then all the different content and things you're putting out, you know, it's, it's these different, I love the different perspectives. And like I said earlier, the playfulness, um, just to go back for a second, when you said like the letting go was almost like also a part of resistance, you kind of mean like, um, like you're kind of push like the getting away, like pushing away the responsibility part of it that you can actually have an influence on it. It's, it's more so, okay, oh, this is actually a really bad idea right now because of COVID. But if you, before COVID, if you were to go up to somebody on the street randomly and say, hey, um, do you mind if I do a little experiment with you? It's going to require me to touch your hand. As long as you're not a total weirdo creep, creeper, they'll probably be like, okay, sure. And just tell them to put their hand up like this, right? And then you put your hand up like this and you put your hand against their hand and you push. Without you telling them anything, they push back. It's just a natural response. And if somebody pushes against your hand, you push back. You will very rarely have ever find somebody that who their hand just goes backward. Immediately, they're going to be like, hey, what's going on? Why are you pushing against my hand? And they'll push back. And that's, the, that's what I'm talking about with letting go. Sometimes if we're trying to let go, we're essentially saying, hey, I want you to go away. And the thing says, I'm not going anywhere. Fuck you. Like, no, no, no. I want, I'm ready to let go of you. I don't care if you're ready to let go of me. I'm staying. And there's this resistance that comes because you're trying to push it away. Whereas the, the opposite of, um, uh, it's almost like a Tai Chi where you put the hand up and then this is the, the sadness or whatever. And you go to kind of push a little bit, it pushes back and you just drop your hand and it just, it goes on its own. So if I don't care whether you're here or not, then you're just like, Oh, 
okay, well, this isn't fun anymore. Did you ever watch uh, Family Guy? Were you ever a Family Guy fan? A little bit, but not too much. Okay, yeah. So I, I was always a huge Family Guy fan. So there's a, there's a clip, uh, there, there's a, a, a part of the show, but it's become like a viral clip of Stewie. And Stewie runs up to, uh, to the bedside of his mom, of Lois, and she's laying in bed trying to relax. And he just starts yelling at her mommy 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 yeah. mom i mom, do remember mom, that part. Lewis, Lewis 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 and he's just sitting there berating her and finally she goes what and he goes hi and he runs away right so if you just sometimes acknowledge that the thing is there then the thing is like okay I got acknowledged I'll leave now yeah. whereas if she was instead saying you need to stop saying my name and I'm so mad at you and then he would have sat there and probably cried or, or like done something and, and wanted to like grab onto her even more because he felt bad that he made her sad whatever but the fact that she just acknowledged him he ran off and played somewhere else <laughs> you reminded me of it's actually funny because when I was growing up um, when my mom would have like those flip phones I downloaded that as a ringtone <laughs> on her phone and and get this, like, I don't know if, if you went really much growing up to, like, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur services. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But but it was on a Yom Kippur service, you know, the, the day of repentance for us. And we're sitting in the shul, in the synagogue, and, you know, I'm just, I'm just a fidgety kind of kid. And I went and clicked that ringtone in the service. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. How old were you? I don't know, maybe almost, yeah, had to be younger than 13. Oh, that's amazing. I don't know, I'm a late mature. That's awesome, I love that. I would have loved that. Man, Man this has been awesome. How, for, for somebody looking to get a, a coach, and I've heard you uh, speak often about, you know, always having a coach, not because you need one, but it's, you know, just the building that relationship. How do you encourage somebody to, to look for uh, a coach and know that, you know, that it's almost like the, the right kind of coach or, or mentor. You know, I like to think of that quote, uh, when the students are ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. Um, but still, it's like, you want to have a good idea who, who you want as a coach. Yeah. I mean, you know, the good, the, the good thing about the internet, one of the, few good things about the internet and social media uh, is that, you know, people do put out a lot of content now. And so if you want to get a feel for somebody, you can kind of, you know, watch their content or read their stuff, or if they've written a book, you can read their book, or if they have a blog, you can read their blog. You can kind of get a sense of, of who those people are. If you're looking for like, you know, a professional coach to hire, then that kind of gives you some insight, mm -hmm. but really it's going to happen through conversation. You need to then have a conversation with them and really make sure that there's a fit in their style and everything. Cause there are some people who are like kind of more drill sergeant style coaches and kind of like in your face and, and I don't respond well to that because I beat myself up enough. I don't need to pay somebody else to beat me up. So I, I like the more, you know, loving, gentle approach that, that my coach has. And it, it motivates and inspires me to do the work I need to do. So you want to find the energetic match. Um, it's also good to find somebody who you feel like the way they see the world is a way you'd like to see the world. It doesn't mean you want to live the life they have right? That you may not want to have the business they have or the, or the life they have or the lifestyle they have, but there's something about the way they see the world that you're like, huh, if I could see the world more that way, I can tell that would have a difference in my life. And so again, you get that through watching their content or, or through having a conversation with them. If you're, if, you're looking, if you're looking for something maybe a little more like a starter kind of thing, 
Again, there are so many Facebook groups and stuff uh, on, on Facebook that are, you know, for coaches or for personal growth. If you go into one of those groups and just say, hey, you know, I'm looking to get some support on, on something. Are there, you know, are there any life coaches here? Just know that you probably will get 7,000 replies from people who want to coach you. Uh, and there will be one out of 7,000 that will actually ask a question instead of saying, yes, I want to coach you. Look out for that one. Because if you, you do that, if you say, hey, I'm looking for a coach, you'll see 99% of people saying, I sent you a private message. I sent you a private message. I can coach you. I can coach you. And you'll see one person that says, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll get one person who says, Hey, I'm curious. Why are you looking for a coach? Like on the thread, that's the person you want to talk to because they're slowing down enough to say, it's great. You say you want to coach, but why? And that's the person that you may want to speak that's, to. That's interesting. Cause I was going to ask next, uh, for somebody to do before reaching out or looking for a coach, uh, what to consider, you know, what kind of coach do you need? What, what do you want help with? Do you have any, like, uh, and it's not necessarily with just finding a coach or a teacher, but you know, the next book to read, yeah. you know, what, uh, what do, do you have good questions that you ask yourself or for your clients? Uh, you know, like with that, um, the video you had about, um, what you're known for versus what you're known for activating in others. You, you presented three very awesome questions. I actually sent to a group of friends of mine um, earlier um, to help, to help know that because not only did it help you build that relationship, but to see what exactly, you know, are you known for? Do people want to reach out to you and to get help with? Do you have any, what, what kind of questions do you have? Um, for somebody to, you know, con to consider or ask themselves before um, reaching out or looking for a coach, because it also seems sorry to to keep to keep the thread, but but it also seems, at least in my case, when I'm just clear on okay, I this is the type of you know to continue the example of a coach, this is the type of coach you know I want to get work on doing with working on this kind of stuff. It almost like it just naturally appears. Yeah, no, that's totally true. So, I mean, the thing to ask ourselves uh, when we're thinking about having a coach is, you know, there, there's a lot of different questions you can ask yourself, but one of the really easy ones is like, what's, what's the hard part, right? In life, in your relationship, in your business, in your health, whatever it is, what's the hard part, right? You wake up every day and say, I'd love to do that, but oh man, it's, it's just so hard. It's so hard to eat right. It's so hard to exercise. It's so hard to have conversations with my spouse. It's so hard to find clients. It's so hard to not get triggered when I get cut off into traffic. Like what are the hard parts? Like ask yourself, what are the hard parts in life? Because all of those things that will be the hard parts are the presenting challenges, but there's obviously something deeper going on behind the scenes. This is not about coaching you to fall in love with people cutting you off in traffic. It's about understanding the perspective of why it triggers you to begin with to be cut off in traffic and how that actually, there are implications for that all throughout your life. It's not about being cut off in traffic. It's about the story you tell yourself about being cut off in traffic. So the really easy surface level thing, because you can't, I don't expect people who are especially are new to personal growth to say, I get triggered every time that I get cut off in traffic and I realize that's a control issue and me feeling like I'm not, not worth enough and that he's not respecting my boundaries by cutting me off in traffic and I realize that I don't have boundaries set with other people in my life and so I want to get a coach to work on boundaries. I don't expect people who are new to personal growth to go 17 levels deep to figure out what the actual challenge is, but I think they do know what the presenting problem is and that's enough for a good coach. That's enough for a coach to say, cool, let's explore that. So the coaching that you've... Uh you do is more so helping other coaches, correct? 
Yeah. So it, so there's two different things. So I do my group stuff is primarily all for, for coaches who are building their businesses online, transformational coaches. So life coaches, health coaches, mindset, relationship, people like that. Uh, and then my, my one-on-one practice, which I, I take on very seldom, maybe two people at a time, usually max. Um, those are typically either uh, leaders and organizations, uh, small businesses. Uh, they can be CEOs of small businesses as well, or people that are in um, higher level leadership positions within companies. So it's usually on the leadership side when I do the one-on-one stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, Jason, it's, uh, it's been a wonderful conversation. I think we've touched on, you know, a whole gamut of things. Uh, I'd love to hear you share where can people get a hold of you and, and uh, if they want to reach out as well as check out all your different content, like on Instagram and the videos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Best place to look at uh, my stuff is on Instagram and Facebook. It's the Jason Goldberg everywhere. So at the Jason Goldberg, T-H-E, the Jason Goldberg. Uh, And yeah, I share a bunch of stuff there. We can continue the conversation. There's just tons of free stuff you can look at and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for having me on, dude. It's great to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. You as well. Thank you. And uh, I think I'll be putting this out just next week, right before the Jewish New Year. So I think it'll be perfect for for making the transformation. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, happy new year ahead of time. Thanks again for listening to the show. I just wanted to share that this podcast will be on a break for the Jewish holidays as they extend from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur and Sukkot. I'll be looking into and connecting with future guests. Now for some practical applications. Number one, write down the structure for Jason's prison break prison break questions so you can see them often and apply them to something going on in your own life. If I knew X, what would I do? How would I show up? How would I respond differently? So the example that Jason used was, if I knew that this stress and anxiety was going to last for exactly 10 minutes, how would I treat myself for those next 10 minutes? I'd probably be more gentle, he responded. Stop trying to force it away or solve it and see that it quickly would decrease. Needing for it to go away now was no longer a problematic thing. Number two, if you'd like a coach for something from either fitness, nutrition, meditation, and mindfulness, maybe business or relationships or something else, it may be beneficial to capture on paper or on the computer what you'd like in a coach. How would you like to see the world that the ideal coach you want is already living that way? And ask what Jason presented as, what's the hard part? Number three, ask yourself how a seeming problem you're in could look, how you could look at it in a lighter manner, a way that removes the heaviness. As I mentioned on the show, I like to even draw myself in a box um, of what the problem is. And then another one with me outside of it. As Jason said, quote, transcended the fact that I think it's a problem. It helps to perceive that there is a way out and to look through the lens of playfulness and possibility. Take care and have a wonderful new year. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out solomonezra.wixsite.com slash solomonezra. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. 
That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.